This is Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast, with your hosts, Jane Prater and Ryan Seed. Perfect Organism is the only exclusive alien podcast of its kind, with our official discussion group, the Weyland-Yutani Bulletin. Check it out. Independently targeting particle beam failings. Fry half the city with this puppy. We got tactical smart missiles, base plasma pulse rifles, RPGs. We got sonic electronic ball breakers. We got nukes. We got knives, sharp sticks. Knock it off, Hudson. All right, gear up. Was there an alien on board? Yes. You still don't understand what you're dealing with, do you? Perfect organism. Charles, please, open up! I can't do this with anyone. Welcome to Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast. This is episode 49. Uh, this is our Alien Day podcast. I am your host, J.M. Prater, and this is my host... Ryan Zaid. What's up, guys? Hey, uh, so yeah, this is our big Alien Day extravaganza episode, and uh, we've released Woo-hoo! a couple episodes today. Uh, this is... We just really want to do an episode kind of... Uh, start off just talking about the fans and fandom and all that kind of thing, and then we wanted to discuss, you know, what we've been hearing, what we've been seeing, just more. Um, there's much to discuss. Plus, we're, yeah. we've also released the, our interview with Tim Levin, the author mm-hmm. of uh, Alien Out of the Shadows, and which was a great interview. It was great to, you know, it was a great opportunity for both Ryan and us. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, he was a fun interview for sure. I he think was. Enjoy it. Yeah. He was. He was. I I always want more. Like I, I want. Like I want to jump in his head and think. Like no, but like I wanted to know. Like <laughs> how'd you come up with dialogue and. Um, right. Yeah. I, I just want to know more. I want to know more, <laughs> especially someone who wrote Ripley, uh, in in a in a way that uh, it's legit and it's part of canon. You know. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um. But uh, so we thought today we would start with uh, we posted a. Um, we made a post on our Facebook page asking, when did you first discover the Alien films? And kind of like, really, what's your first memory? Um, and we thought we would kind of read each of your responses and talk about them. So I'm going to read the first one, and then Ryan's going to go, and uh, we'll read the big ones, and uh, we'll just kind of throw in our own anecdotes. We, you guys have heard our first experiences, but uh, mm-hmm. we just think that Alien Day is about the fans, and uh, the show is what it is because of the fans. Yeah. Um, certainly, you know, um, yeah, we wouldn't be where we were unless uh, people followed us and liked us and listened to our show. So Right, yeah. Um, but maybe, Ryan, we should start off again, even though people we've discussed... Um, our first experiences with Alien. Let's let's start off with ours again, just yeah. to f- refresh everyone. And I think you should go first. Okay. Um, yeah, my first one was back in I think it was my freshman year of high school. Um, an old friend of mine named Dan, and he uh, he kind of introduced me. Um, I know I've heard I heard of like the Alien series, but I just never saw it. And he's said, hey, you should come over sometime and watch uh, Aliens. I think you'd really like it. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll give it a whirl. Um, so uh, 
So he came over and he had it on a laser disc. It was way back in the day. Oh wow! So yeah, those. Uh, I don't know if, if everyone listening is familiar with Laserdisc, but it was a very large kind of, uh, like a DVD, but I don't know, it was like almost, probably like a foot or longer diameter, but yeah. it, was, uh, <laughs> it was big, and you had to kind of, you had to flip it like halfway through the movie, and, um, but anyway, so I went over there and, and watched it, and uh, I was just, I was blown away by it. I was like, what did I just watch? <laughs> it, was, it was like life-changing experience. So I was like, man, I need to watch the rest of these. Um, so I think I watched the first Alien at his house, too, and um, it was different, but, you know, obviously a masterpiece in its own way. Um, and I think Alien 3 I watched, um, I think, on my own at home. I, I remember watching Alien 3, like, multiple times just in one week. I was just mesmerized by it, even yeah. though it wasn't, wasn't um, you know, I liked the first two better, but uh, there was something about it that was very captivating. Um, and, uh, yeah, and then, well, Resurrection, I'm not going to go there. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was kind of my, my first experience with it. And ever since then, I've just been um, a huge fan. And, uh, yeah, so... What about, how about yours? Um, like you, Aliens was my first experience. Um, and like I've told the story before, but uh, I it was I was at home and the TV was on and I saw this preview and I saw this woman with this incinerator and she was, the incinerator was like lighting up all these eggs and mm -hmm. I was looking at it like, what is that? And I was yeah. like, and my dad's watching me look at, watch this and I'm like, what is this? He's like, it's called Aliens. And mm -hmm. I said, really? He goes, do you want to watch it? And I go, yeah. And my mom's like, he can't watch that. Um, oh, man. And I think I'm only like, you know, this is 86, so I'm 10. Uh, well, yeah. no, it had to have been later because it was coming on TV. So it's probably been the next year. So it was yeah. probably 87. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't know how, how big videos were at the time. I don't think... I think we were still in the Betamax. I don't know if there was a lot of video stores yet at that point. Maybe there was in 87. I can't really remember. Um, yeah. But I watched it on TV. Um, and I was enamored. But really, 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 it didn't take off for me until I was a teenager. Um, I oh, didn't start okay. becoming obsessed with it. I would watch Aliens after, high sco after school every day. Every day. Every wow. week. I would watch Aliens. And so much so that my the neighbors... Um, my mom's friend, she would watch me after school and she went up to my mom and she just was like, I'm just concerned that Jamie's watching this movie so much. Um, <laughs> but I couldn't get enough of it. And then really, yeah. uh, like you, when, when Alien 3 came out, which when I was 16, um, I couldn't see it in the theater. They wouldn't let me. Um, I was, yeah. uh, you know, some people know I was raised in a very religious environment. Um, mm -hmm. And I was just, I remember having friends or adult friends who went to go see it and they were coming back from the theater. I'm like, how was it? How was it? And they were like shaking their heads. They're like, like, no, nah, no good. Um, oh. I was like, oh. And then <laughs> finally in 93, in the fall of 93, Alien, this is when, of course, videos were huge. Uh, yeah. Alien 3 came out on video. And uh, Alien 3 captured me in a way that Aliens didn't. Uh, there was something yeah. about Ripley struggling through her darkness. Mm -hmm. um, that I really, really uh, latched onto, and uh, yeah. so those were my first memories. And uh, you know, I've been a crazy obsessed fan ever, ever since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, 
Yeah, Alien 3 has just got, um, you know, I've grown more more as a fan of it as time's gone on. So it's, uh, especially the, um, you know, the assembly cut has got, uh, yeah, I don't know what David Fincher thinks of it. Um, I know, I think, well, there was a more recent, he actually did talk about it, but it was very brief, um, like a more recent interview. Yes, was like, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, and he said something kind of, was a little inappropriate, but, uh, you know, he said just about his experience on it, you know, like I think it's like, or something. yeah, like getting raped, or like, I don't know, something to do with like, like being sexually assaulted, I don't know, but anyways, so I can tell he was still obviously bitter about it, but, uh, but anyways, I mean, I, I hope he knows that a lot of fans, um, you know, really appreciate it, and they see his, his genius, you know, despite all the, you know, studio interference, I hope a lot of, I hope he appreciates the, you know, the growing fans that, uh, that saw, you know, his early, um, early, you know, um, moments of brilliance, you know, in Alien 3, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I read that really brief thing too, and actually I think I even commented it, I said, you know, I love Fincher, I love his work, but uh, as someone who knows people who are survivors of sexual abuse, you don't compare that kind of thing to sexual abuse. You just right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like you said, I, the, I, I think Alien 3 is a masterpiece, uh, mm -hmm. special effects aside, but. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's just something about that film that's the way it is shot, the way the, the emptiness, the hollowness of it, that just, it's just, yeah, it's intoxicating almost. It uh, is. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, so we're going to start reading, uh, our responses from people who list, who listen to our show. Mm -hmm. Um, and the first response is Eric McCulloch and McCulloch, you might know that last name is Michael McCulloch, who is our round table co-host, one of the two, um, mm -hmm. It's his brother, I believe. He responded, yeah. and uh, I'm going to read that, and uh, we'll just kind of yeah. go down the list. Yeah. Um, Eric's response is, my first encounter with aliens, what, well, was aliens. Uh, I was a young mate growing up with a brother infatuated with the movies. I was too young to remember Alien, but shortly after I watched it again. For me, Aliens was the beginning of a long love for science fiction, a monster, a monster that shook the world and will live, and, and will live on as the best forever. Characters that did due diligence for their roles, catchphrases and one-liners that will live on forever, action-packed awesomeness. I thank my brother Michael McCulloch for your, your fellow podcaster for the developmental intrigue back into this epic saga. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, and the next one is from Josh Adams. Uh, he says. I was eight when I first saw Alien, and then shortly thereafter I watched Aliens on HBO. It all started when I saw a promo on HBO with the alien warrior emerging from the water to grab Newt. I was hooked. Of course, aliens scared the bejesus out of me, but it was worth it to watch Ripley kick ass. Five years later, I saw Alien 3 in the theater with my mom, probably the most memorable theater experience of my life. Um, great show, guys. Can't wait to hear more. Yeah, that's really cool. That is awesome. I, yeah. like it. I like it when people see Alien first, because really, my all-time favorite movie film right now in the series is Alien, hands yeah. down. It was Alien 3 for a long time, and I think it was just because of where I was and what that yeah. film did for me and where I was at when I first saw the film. And But now, as I, you know, I'm older, uh, yeah. and I've kind of put a lot of that stuff behind me, um, the mystery of Alien just captures right. me every time. In fact, I'm going to watch it tonight. Um, yeah. The yeah. Next 
the next one is George Ramirez. Mm -hmm. He says, my father's a big fan. I wasn't born yet for the first Alien, but I do remember going at, going every weekend during the first month when Aliens came out. I was five or six, somewhere somewhere in there, but there's no way to forget that movie. Mm -hmm. um, it was awesome, and I became a fan of Bill Paxson right off the bat. He made me laugh, but rest in peace, Bill. I thank the Lord for giving us, the fans, uh, a part of the Alien saga as it continues. I can't wait for Alien Covenant. Yeah. Awesome. Um, next one is uh, Dusty Tweed Hope. That's an awesome name. Um, yeah, it says, uh, You ready for this? The Aliens arcade game in my local 7 Eleven. I was watching some teenagers play it and it was fucking captivated. I, I was fucking captivated. I convinced my dad to rent me Aliens on Betamax and that was it. Then watched the first one and then the third came out a couple years later. Game over, man. Only kid in grade four to have an Aliens t-shirt. <laughs> That's <laughs> nice, awesome. Dusty. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, Betamax. Can't beat that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jimmy Phillips says, in my sophomore year of high school, in the spring of 79, uh, a friend of mine handed me an issue of a prominent science fiction magazine of the day called Omni. A uh, fandom of our type was pretty much relegated to famous monsters of filmland and another great magazine called Starlog. Oh, Hashtag yeah, Starlog. Um, <laughs> I love that magazine, and it's no more. Um, there, oh, there were some great magazines back in the day. Um, oh. I remember buying Starlog uh, for the Alien Resurrection shit. Um, oh, okay. Anyway, when sorry. Stop? When did Starlog end? Uh, I think within the past, like, six years. Oh, it was recent? Okay. Yeah. Mm. Uh, uh, so, sorry about that, guys. So, inside was an article of an upcoming horror sci-fi film called Alien. The prominent mm -hmm. art piece included the art in the article was a painting of the derelict pilot, executed by none other than the master himself, H.R. Geiger. Or, I should say Geiger, sorry, I don't know, mm -hmm. I, I should know better than that. Um, <laughs> at that point, I was off and running at full throttle, soaking up everything I could from the genre uh, and magazines at the time. Giger's paintings sold me on the whole thing, an eerie representation of an otherworldly being. I knew the movie would be something special, and oh, how right I was. Shortly before the film released, that summer of 79, Heavy Metal Magazine released two great sci two great film tie-ins, a comic book adaptation and a making of coffee, ta coffee table sized book, both of mm. which I still have. Oh, jealous. Um, yeah. <laughs> Alien will always be one of the, my cornerstone moments of fandom, and to this day, the Alien franchise as a whole is as special to me now as it was almost 40 years ago. Great podcasting, folks. Wow. That's Great awesome, comment, Jimmy. Jim. Yeah, Thank you. Thanks, Jimmy. <laughs> That's very cool. Yeah, um, I love those stories. I do. I mean, especially, yeah. so he's probably, he's 10 years older than I am um, mm -hmm. around then. That means he's probably about 15 years older than you. Um, yeah. So, wow. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Let's see. Michael Meany. Um, I was seven when I was first introduced to Alien. I remember not exactly being terrified of it but more blown away by the scale of it and how beautiful and visually stunning it was for a scary movie. I'd never seen anything like it before and still haven't to this day. And that's true. Amen to that, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, there's something about Alien that is really different, and I, it's hard to kind of quantify it or, mm -hmm. or to make sense of it. I mean, each film is very different. And I, I would say that Alien 3 kind of captures it a little bit more than Aliens does. Mm -hmm. Aliens kind of takes it in this kind of kick-ass direction. Right, yeah. Um, which is great. 
I love it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's not alien at all. Um, no. Yeah, um, it's, it's different, um, which was good. I, I'm glad Cameron went a different direction with me it. Me too. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm sure even at the time, I still, I mean, I'm blown away that James Cameron was like early 30s when he made Aliens. I'm yeah. like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> He's like, yeah. He's already uh, you know, making these amazing movies, but I mean, <laughs> even at the time, you know, he's like, you know, there's, there's really, you can't go back and try and redo Alien because it's already, it's a masterpiece on its own, uh-huh. um, and it can't be duplicated. So he said, I'm going to go different direction, <laughs> and um, ended up making probably one of the best action sequels, or just one one of the best sequels, period, ever. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, totally. So, um, so the next one is Shane Swift. Uh, I got this. He's showing a book of, uh, the alien book. It's a full color, uh, photo mm-hmm. book. And he's saying, I got this in 1980. I've been hooked ever since. Watched the movie about a year later when it came out on VHS. I was too young to go to the cinema. Um, awesome. Awesome. Uh, you know, I had that book once too. And I sold it for like a hundred dollars. This was back years ago. This was back in the, uh, in the nineties, the late nineties. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, uh, I do know I wanted money and someone yeah wanted money. yeah and I think I sold it off Craigslist um so I don't know it. was there Craigslist back in the 90s, in the um, 90s? I don't know I, ooh maybe I sold I'll it go off look that up maybe. yeah I'm not sure when it off, I think it was eBay actually I sold it off of yeah it was eBay yeah. it was eBay or Prodigy I think I was like the only <laughs> oh my god internet Prodigy. provider at the time yeah um Let's see. Dan Keen um, says, I want to say I was about six or seven-ish when I first watched Aliens, then shortly after watched Alien, then Alien 3. Um, I'll just read the next couple. They're both kind of short. Next one, I'm really sorry if I butcher your name, Matawe Den Hazer. I was eight. My dad let me see it. My daughter just turned five. She likes Alien. Um, Steve Spire says, when I was about eight, I saw Alien 3 first. Uh, my parents were laid back. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, you can, yeah, you can go ahead. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, David Reese says, must be Kyle Reese's brother. What nice. <laughs> <laughs> he says, my old man, may he rest in peace, got me into the series. I was absolutely terrified of the movies after seeing Aliens on VHS around eight years old. After that, whenever my dad watched it, I would run to bed and hide under my covers, which, of course, <laughs> only encouraged him to watch the movie at a high volume. <laughs> um, when Alien 3 came out, I wanted to see it, but my dad said I couldn't unless I faced my fears and watched Alien and Aliens first. <laughs> That's so awesome. Um, long story short, I faced my fears and have been an avid fan ever since. My dad passed away in 1995, so whenever I watch an alien movie, it's kind of like I'm able to spend time with him. That is so uh-huh. awesome, David. Thank you so much uh-huh. for sharing that. Um, I like that connection. Like, my yeah. connection with aliens is because of my dad, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. That means a lot. I mean, Alien has a... These, these films have a personal... Um, you know, personal spot into, you know, people's lives. And that, you know, that... That's one of the big reasons we do this. Um, that I love doing it because it means these movies mean something to people, you know. And it's uh, mm-hmm. and it's uh, you know the characters, the stories. These are these are um, you know there's good lessons to be learned. There's good things to you know remind us of as we watch these movies. Um, 
and uh, yeah, that's that just that means a lot. That you know, you know that he shared that. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Totally. This is why we do it. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. for, for the fans and for just yeah, these connection of memories. You know, I really think uh, connecting like this is so and so important. I just think being mm -hmm. a, being a community and uh, yeah, it's just great. I feel now I feel like I'm doing a, an NPR uh, pledge drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> welcome. Welcome. We are trying to raise twenty five thousand yeah. dollars by eight, 8 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, I'll read the next four because like one's few words we'll do uh, that okay pedro antonio hernandez says straight out of the womb <laughs> right on um william lalum says the aliens broadcast on nbc awesome awesome i don't not familiar with that mm -hmm. romaine stepkow says nine years old he saw aliens in 1991 mm -hmm. very very awesome yeah. um vicky jones says when i first saw alien as a child and baltis angelo says 1996 okay yeah uh, so I'll read this one, um, sorry again if I butcher your name, but Froilin Gardner. Um, the first movie I saw from this franchise was Aliens back in 1986 uh, when it came out. My dad decided that at 10 years of age, I was man enough to see Ripley and crew take on the Xenos <laughs> on LV-426. Man, I was terrified. It was the most intense movie I had ever seen. But you know what? 30 years later, it's still one of my favorite movies of all time. I saw Aliens several years later, and at first I wasn't as impressed. But as time went by, it eventually surpassed its sequel in my eyes. Though both are neck and neck. All-time classics, those two. Absolutely. Awesome, yeah. awesome, awesome. Um, Jay Haig says... I had watched Aliens on Showtime as a kid. I don't remember the exact date, but I remember being at a friend's house and watching Alien on VHS back in 1987. Changed me forever. Mm -hmm. I bet. I bet. What was that? Eight yeah. years? Eight years? Nine years? No, eight years after the after it came out. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Nathan Woodbridge. I was four, and I woke up in the middle of the night with my mom watching Aliens. I told her I couldn't sleep, but when I saw what she was watching, I sat there and watched it too. I had nightmares for a very long time after that and was afraid of the dark. Whoops. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Um, Michael Gibson says, this is a current display I'm working on. He shows a photo of a bunch of figures, a bunch of alien figures. Mm -hmm. um, very, very cool. Thanks for sharing that, Michael. Uh, this is a current display I'm working on. I'm putting lights in it. It began in elementary school when I first watched Aliens. I remember jumping up and down on the couch yelling, watch out. I got a little excited. Later, <laughs> Kenner came out with the toy line, and the rest is history. Very cool, Michael. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'll just read a few of these. Um, Warren Smith. I'd heard so much about them as I went through early childhood before I finally watched Alien a few months before I turned 11. Um, David Noel Wishart. Wishart. Uh, when Alien first came out, Mom would push my head in her lap when a scary scene came up. <laughs> but it was when I was 18 when I fell in love with the first two movies. And then uh, I'll just do one more. Tomas Babinski, I was eight in 1989, and my mother showed me Aliens on TV, hooked ever since. Awesome. That's a recurring theme a little bit. A lot of us seeing Aliens on TV mm -hmm. um, were around the same age. Um, I feel like there's a general 
the general age of fans, the the real hardcore yeah. fans, is probably mm-hmm. 35, 35 to 40. Right. Most of the uh, fellas and ladies that I'm I'm an admin in the Wayland Utani Bulletin, we're all the same age. There's yeah. one of us that might be like, oh, I think Ross is 34. He'll be 35 this year. The rest of us are 39, 40, and, or turning 41 this year. So right. it's very interesting just to kind of see the span. Um, and it really, it's really, um, it's interesting the difference in fandom between the Alien fandom and the Star Wars fandom, and I want to get into that after we're done here, but uh, right. I think it's worth taking note of, because uh, there's a there's a major, major difference between us. Yeah. Um, and obviously the series, they're very, very different, but we'll get into mm-hmm. that later. But uh, Yeah. So what was the last one you read? Was it... Uh, I think Tomas. Tomas, okay. Yeah. I'll read from Stephen through John. Yeah. Um, Stephen Allen, 1979 at the Clinton Theater. Alien, I hounded the manager for the poster and got it after the film ran its course. Awesome, <laughs> I want it. Yeah. Um, wow, I, wonder, I hope he still has it. Yeah, yeah, that's just, oh, I'm sure it's worth a pretty penny now. <laughs> yeah. Um, Bilal, or Fowey, maybe? I was mm-hmm. 12 when I found the chestburster scene at 13. I was already making theories about space jockeys. Awesome, <laughs> awesome. Fabi Lazuri, seven years old, watching a pirate... Pirated tape of Alien. Ran to my bed terrified. <laughs> um, John. Watching Alien in Fraser J. Manley. Must be his friend because he tagged him. Mm-hmm. Fraser J. Manley's living room, aged eight. When the face turger burst out onto Kane, I nearly blew chunks. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rolando Gorbea. When I was a kid, my dad recorded it on beta. Remember those? And showed it to my brother and I. Well, um, Marcelo Borges Caris Souza, uh, actually in a meme I've seen, meme I've seen on the internet. LOL. <laughs> um, Devin Harness when HBO was the only cable channel, and um, last one Nixie Bureau. I was four when I fir- when I saw Aliens at first. Um, wow, I don't think I saw a radar movie until um, I was like twelve. So um, I was a little, a little bit sheltered, I guess, from those kind of movies. I think Time Cop was the first oh, movie oh, oh. I saw. Yeah, Time Cop was Jean Claude Van Damme. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I wish it was one of the Alien films. Man, that would have been awesome. But yeah, those are really. I mean, yeah, those are really cool, really cool reflections, and you know, um, hearing these you know, different stories from people, you know, and how they first came connected and how some of them, you know, like for you, um, there's a connection with, uh, with either mom or dad with yeah. seeing these films for the first time. And I just, I think that's really cool. That's, uh, yeah, that, you know, they had that as part of their kind of part of the bonding, bonding experience. So, um, I think, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Thanks everybody for sharing those memories. Uh, yeah, that's uh, I love that kind of stuff. I really, really mm-hmm. do. And uh, yeah, so we'll probably. I'm thinking as we're reading that, I feel like we need to have a like a a comments area where we maybe every for every episode, eventually when we maybe for our next formal episode with you and I, um, yeah. we will read the comments. What are people saying? Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? What's on your right. mind? Um, of course, there's yeah. a lot going on right now with Covenant coming up. But uh, yeah. yeah, thanks again. Um, 
So, but I, I really, you know, just to kind of go back to that topic of fandom, mm-hmm. and I've, I think a lot about the alien fandom. I'm always thinking about everything nonstop. Um, yeah. <laughs> I really, you know, Star Wars is a part of my DNA, my genetic makeup. Um, I, I just, I love, live and breathe Star Wars for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But Alien has a very different place in my heart. I yeah. almost would say Alien has a place in my psyche and my brain. Mm-hmm. And. Star Wars has a place in my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, Alien, I think about. I think about um, Ripley and her journey, and and yeah. the idea of battling through darkness. And you can either let the darkness take you down, or you can let the, or you can try and beat the darkness, even though it's very difficult. And that's to me the always the themes I'm thinking about when I think about Alien, or I think about Ripley. And I think about you know who she is, who she was, right. um, what she's done. Um, and kind of being a whistleblower, um, and I'm, you know, I was just thinking about the layers, uh, in, even like with, with Prometheus and what Ridley Scott, um, um, asked these larger questions. Well, who are we? Where are we, where are we right. from? Who made us? Star Wars isn't about that. Star Wars is pure adventure. Uh, right. Star Wars is more about family and how do you, you know, like, who are we? But not in a who are we, who made us, but like, no, who, what tells us who we are? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we can, we can rise up from our circumstances and be a hero. Um, right. Or we can rise up from these small little beginnings and we can live an adventure. And we can go on an adventure with other people. And that really, that adventure, that sense of adventure with Star Wars is all over fandom for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, where we're all on this adventure together and we all have these memories. And we, someone might identify more with Leia or Han or a Stormtrooper or someone, but we all have a part in this huge Star Wars universe. Right. Um, but Alien is very, very different. It's much, much darker. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it commands a different level of engagement. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's on a, I think it's, um, it's just on another level. I'm not saying it's, I'm not trying to say it's better than the star Wars, um, films, but uh, it's just, like you said, it's just different. And it's, it does, um, it does affect me in a very different way. Um, and, uh, it is, I think it is more, a lot more intellectually stimulating for me. Yeah. Um, Whereas, like you said, with Star Wars, there's more of like a, like an emotional attachment to it. There's more, um, I get excited about the adventure and um, seeing kind of this hero's journey. Um, you know, seeing Han go from this guy who only cared about himself to, you know, helping out others. And, um, you know, this uh, and just things like that. Just yeah. very kind of like this swashbuckling hero type thing. But Alien is very much. Um, it's just uh, you know exploring kind of the you know this this darker area um, of uh, you know and just you know what do we do when we're in these very intense, very terrifying situations um, and you know seeing how people would really react and how we kind of over and someone like a character like Ripley, how she, you know, she overcame, um, you know, these very, um, traumatic circumstances and she, um, but she's very realistic. I mean, she really struggled. She showed pain. Um, you know, and I'm, I mean, for me, you know, I've gone through, um, you know, definitely ups and downs in my life and definitely experienced, you know, pain and depression, sadness and things like that. I mean, I can, 
you know, I see scenes like her waking up terrified with anxiety and, and fear, you know, I, I feel, you know, I feel that cause I feel like I've, in a way I've kind of, I've kind of been there before, you know, uh -huh. I've kind of, I've kind of felt that, um, you know, when I was, you know, just intensely scared, uh, or just, um, worried about something. So it's just, uh, you know, so I, I just really appreciate that how well written and how well acted and performed those those roles were because they they do mean mean something to me. They're they're you know they're valuable to me just even on a on a personal level, um, but very much intellectually uh, intellectual as well. So yeah, um, yeah. Totally. So. Yeah. I mean, uh, with, you know, I, again, I'll go back to Ripley. I, you know, I really, I don't identify with Ripley. I, and I've said this before, I know we talked about sci-fi moms and I really feel like mm -hmm. Ripley is my sci-fi mom. And, uh, I wouldn't say, well, I would say in terms of sci-fi sisters, it would be, uh, Princess Leia, certainly that kind yeah. of big sister doesn't take any shit from anybody. You look yeah. up to her. Um, but Ripley's character. Yeah. I mean, she was just so integral to my uh uh teenage years you know and i was facing some really dark stuff and at yeah. the same time she was too you know mm -hmm. and uh and for some people maybe this is deep or but for me it's just not this is just how i made this connection and when right. i was a kid i didn't understand this connection when i was a teenager i just loved it i was just mm -hmm. obsessed with it and i couldn't get enough of it but i think it was my psyche telling me why you know mm -hmm. um and i think as kids like even i see my nephew today um not today, but just my nephew. He's 16 right yeah. now. And I see the stuff that he's gravitating to. And I can see right away why he's gravitating to it. I know. Mm -hmm. um, just based off what I've seen in his life. So it's very, very interesting to see. Um, and I don't know if adults are... I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are plenty of adults who are very aware of what their child or whatever right. kids that they know are into and why they're into it. But I think uh, it's important to kind of look at... Uh, if your teenagers are, what are they into? What are they, what are they watching? What can they not get enough right. of? Uh, because what that, whatever it is, it's telling your story. And yeah. Ripley and Alien 3 and Aliens was telling my story. And I didn't understand it. As was like um, Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo and um, mm -hmm. other things at the time. Um, but it, it, it was telling your story and you don't know that, but it's drawing you to it because it's right. your story. And I think... That's why, for me, the Alien series is successful. But pivoting away from that, um, it's also really good sci-fi. It's, like, really hardcore sci-fi. Um, yeah. It's not about the ships. It's not about the, the guns. Although a lot of people love that stuff about the Alien series, and that's great. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. really about the character and the, the questions. And certainly Alien, uh, there's a lot of questions what was this thing? What was this space jockey? Uh, where are we from? I mean, Prometheus asks some very profound and important mm -hmm. and worthy questions. Uh, when yeah. Prometheus is successful, it's very successful. Um, mm -hmm. And that's what sci-fi does. And it doesn't always answer them. I've said this before. I'll always say it again. Um, sci-fi asks great questions. It doesn't try and answer them. Um, right. All of them, at least. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very, very uh, philosophical films. I mean, and I like that because, I mean, we don't, there's a lot of things we don't have clear answers for in, in the real world. Um, and I'm, I appreciate that, you know, films like Alien, you know, at, and even Prometheus, you know, they, they ask these questions that we don't have. They don't try to give us, you know, clear answers. And, you know, because, you know, we're, we're still 
searching, you know, in a lot of ways as a human race, you know, for some of these these answers, and what probably will be for, you know, as long as we're mm-hmm. in existence. Um, and uh, it's, yeah, it's pretty, it's it's profound. I mean, it's things that, you know, um, you know, we're, they're on our minds, um, you know, for, a, you know, a large, you know, number of people are very interested in these things, you know, those, those big questions. So it's, um, you know, so I, I really like that. And I'm, sh- I'm sure there's just tons of books out there about, you know, the philosophy of the alien films oh, and yeah. things like that. So, um, but yeah, but I, I really love kind of those philosophical type of questions. Me too. Sure. So our friend, um, Dominic Coxar, I always have a problem with his name. He runs a page um, where he is di- he dives headfirst into exploring the imagery of alien, and I mean he has pages and pages and pages and websites full of just uh, articles and all sorts of things exploring where these idea where these ideas come from, and maybe some of the ideas that we're seeing in Alien have been in the human psyche for a millennia. And right. the stories that we keep retelling, uh, like the, for instance, he, the the image of the space jockey, um, he has, he finds images of, like in, uh, you know, ancient Egypt where it looks like the same chair from the space jockey. Oh, nice. Um, so are these stories retelling themselves in some ways, some little ways here and there, you know, and much like, you know, like you think about, and I don't want to get too far deep into it, but like the, I think the ancient Sumerians were, they mm. told the story of Christ first. It wasn't Christ, but it was a virgin birth. It was all these things. And then throughout history, this was thousands of years before the story of Christ. Mm-hmm. So these stories are always telling, the, telling the, you know, uh, being told over and over and over. And I think that there's merit to it. And you think about Superman. And what mm-hmm. was Superman, this, this only son of this guy who died, Mm-hmm. comes to earth to save the planet. What does that sound like? Jesus. Yeah. Um, so these again, these stories tell themselves over and over and over. And um I mean, uh, I so I think Alien does that too. I think Star Wars yeah. does that too, you know. Mm-hmm. Um but to get back more to the fans like I, you know, I, and I'm sure you've noticed, uh, you know, a lot of our fans are the fans in the community that we belong to, um in terms of the Alien community, they are really they're artists, they're mm-hmm. writers, um they're very, very, very talented. Um, yeah. They they take their craft very seriously. Um, it's just really rich. It's a really rich community of of uh, people who kind of come together and they share their work. They share what they're working on. Some of them do it professionally. Some like our friend um, who does Sith Fire. Uh, oh my gosh, I can never. Oh, um, I'm sorry, you're gonna kill me. I don't know why I can't remember your name right now. This <laughs> always happens to me when I'm doing a podcast. Um, but we've we'll had him on it. our we'll show. Edit it later. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> we've had him on our show, and he uh, makes. He's been working on scenes from the Nostromo, um, and he's been doing it for years. Um, and he'll do Kane, and he'll do versions of the Beast. Um, and he doesn't make money off of it. He doesn't. He does it because he's passionate about it. Uh, you know, he uh, posts a lot on the NECA forums. NECA is the toy maker behind a lot of the figures that we buy. Yeah. Um, is it the uh, one recent, Travis Zelinsky? No, no, Travis is amazing though too. Yeah. Oh my okay. good lord! I can't even. Rem- I can't even. Mm. Um, I don't. I'm so sorry if you're listening to this, but uh, <laughs> I, I forgot your name right now. I Oh, Dayton. Dayton Allen. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. Dayton, so, yeah, yeah, Dayton is mm-hmm. amazing. Sorry, Dayton. I, there's no reason for me to forget your name. I'm just thinking about too many things. Uh, 
Jason <laughs> Dayton is amazing, and he has his work is incredible, um, and he has made some incredible uh, contributions to fandom just purely because he's a fan and he's passionate. Yeah. I mean, I think he has probably some desires to do more and to maybe work for NECA or do whatever at some point. But for now, uh, like mm-hmm. every one of us, we do our podcast just because not for fame and fortune, because we certainly yeah. aren't making any money. Um, but because we love it and we love the fans yeah. and uh, we love to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take some money though. <laughs> we, have a, we have a PayPal. <laughs> Looking for a good $10,000 donation. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, no, we're not. Yes, we are. No, we're not. <laughs> um, yes. No. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But still, then you have, so you have Dayton, you have Dominic. We have our friend Aaron Percival who runs AVP Galaxy and uh, their website and, um, their Facebook page and AVP Galaxy is probably the largest um, fan community. They have been the largest fan community around since before Prometheus came out. Um, mm-hmm. So they've been around a long, long, long time. In fact, I got my start on the online kind of social media uh, on an AVP Galaxy forum. My screen name was this Bethesda C. Um, I used oh. this. Um, so yeah, and I was actually, you know, I was. Uh, post in there and talking and getting hyped up for Prometheus and my uh, some of my posts even ended up in the Prometheus documentary. Um, oh, that's right, yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> um, so we know, you know, also we we know Aaron uh, Chris Picard who runs Sci-Fi, big huge, mm-hmm. a big huge conglomerate, um, mm-hmm. science fiction, but he- heavily swayed towards Alien mm-hmm. uh, site. And uh, they have their own fans and their own people too. So it's a really rich and vast community. So, uh, yeah. but it's worthy of talking about. Uh, I think uh, our community is growing, um, but we're really steadfast and we're not wishy-washy. And I'm not saying any other fandom is, um, but we're serious about these films. We're serious about the quality of these films. Hmm. Yeah. Per- absolutely. And it's uh, and it means and because it it means you know so much to to us and to our fans. You know that's. That's part of the connection. That's that's part of why I, I love this fandom so much. Um, you know, it, it's just uh, it's a great community of people um, from all different walks of life, all over the world. Um, but we all have this this intense love and appreciation for this this series. And um, and I hope that of the people that have been involved with these films uh, understand that, realize that. Um, you know and. Um, and I just, I really hope with, you know, Covenant that, that we, that that love and that care is, is shown in the, in the making of these movies. Cause I think it's been a long time since we've had a, uh, an alien film that's really, um, had the, the love, care and, and time and effort put into it that I think it deserves. So, yeah. um, yeah, that's, uh. And yeah. I want a film too that uh, I hope Covenant really unites us as fans, because right. the the re- the reality is, and we know this, we've discussed this. Prometheus polarized the fans. Um, oh yeah. And you know, fans are fickle. Really, they are. We've yeah, talked about yeah. this before. There is no pleasing them. There is no ple. I mean, I, there was a conversation earlier today about uh, how the inertia on the xenomorph. The quick three seconds of xenomorphs that we've seen in uh, the Covenant trailers—the inertia is wrong, or they don't look good, or it's, right, it's a yeah. bland—it's a—it's a bland and generic design. And um, hey, 
I, I'm critical too. I totally get it. Uh, I can be very right. critical. So there's certain things that bug me for sure, and I'm all for it. I'm not a, you know, I try not to be a hypocrite. Um, I don't want to, you know, judge people for being critical about things. But at a certain time too, I think fandom can be their, its own worst enemy. Um, and we can sometimes never be happy with anything. Um, but I want a film that really unites us. I want a film that, you know, 85% of us love it. Not because yeah. I want it just to love it because I want it to love it. I want it to be good. Um, right. But I want to step back into the, you know, we all of us share our love for Aliens. Mm-hmm. All of us share our love for Alien. A lot of us share our love for Alien 3. There's still a lot of people who don't like it, which is fine. Um, right. But I really want Covenant to be that film that's like, oh my God, did you? Yeah, I did. You know, let's go again. Oh, uh, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and I mean, even even when I was doing the the volunteer work earlier today, there's a guy who saw. I was we- I'm wearing the Whaling Utani Corporation shirt to this oh, awesome. volunteer volunteer gig, and he's like, "Oh, hey, man, you're looking forward to that movie?" And I was like, "Yeah, man, I actually, uh, yeah, I, I co-host a podcast about it." And he's like, "Oh, really? Man, I love the Alien series. Like, and you know, it was just cool, like kind of this brief connection I made with this." this guy, but he's, uh, but yeah, he's, he's really, really excited about it. And, you know, um, even his wife, he said, like, doesn't want to know too much. Going <laughs> in. So, so she won't let, let him show him like the trailers and all the, you know, the, the, the featurettes and things like that ahead of time. And they're like, that, that's great, man. Let's go in like with as little information as possible and, you know, be, be even more surprised by, you know, what, what takes place. So I love those moments. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's like this guy I work with. Uh, I, I manage uh, a Starbucks. That's what I do in my daytime, folks. I got <laughs> to pay the bills. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but this co-worker of mine, I was like, yeah, I, I run a podcast uh, for the aliens here. He goes, really? I said, yeah. He's like, well, what's it called? I said, oh, it's called Perfect Organism. He goes, oh, I follow you guys on Instagram. <laughs> nice. um, I was like, awesome. So uh, <laughs> we kind of hit it off back and forth and uh it's just one of those small world type things yeah, um, yeah. but it's so, great so cool. i love those kind of moments mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean I, I love uh i love the fandom um i mean i i look forward every day going to the wayland yutani bulletin which to me for me is really the it's well it's the biggest alien uh uh alien centered group on social media across social media platforms it's right. the biggest with the biggest uh membership um and of course People will post about Predator or uh, Blade Runner, but for the most part, it's six to Alien. Um, yeah. And there's just a, you know, there's over six thousand people in this group, and it's great. Mm-hmm. And it's a mm-hmm. great, uh, it's a great meeting ground. And uh, I've become friends with Ryan through that. Me and Ryan, mm-hmm. of course, have met up before. We're gonna mm-hmm. uh, meet up again and go see Covenant. Um, oh yeah. So I think that also what I like about fandom too is that it unites people from any rage, rage, race. Age, ethnicity, you know, social status, gender, mm-hmm. orientation, all that stuff. Right. Everyone's coming together under for a mutual love of this one thing. It really, to me, and I don't mean to get all like wish or uh, sentimental, but like, it's one of those things for me. It's like you get to know people based on their character, not based on their political ideals. You know, right? Um, yeah. And so, because you know, and of course, we everybody has their own different political ideals um mm-hmm. in fact there's probably i know there's people who i got i am friends with on facebook 
um, because of Alien, who don't follow me, but we're friends, you know how you can unfollow people's feed, right, because yeah, of yeah. my political ideas, um, even mm-hmm. though I don't really post too much pol- politics on my page. Right. But at any rate, at any rate. Um, but yeah, I just, I love that, and I think that that's kind of what we should be striving for, that you can believe what you can believe, but we can also come together because we're people, and we have right. passions, and we all kind of want the same things, and Alien's a place for us to share those things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, cool. So I guess um, I think let's, what was the next thing we were going to talk about? And I totally went blank. Um, was, was there anything more you had to say about? No, I'm I'm good. Okay. Um, I, okay. Just briefly, we can just talk about proximity and just kind of give it. An oh update. right, yeah. Um, of course, we are still casting for proximity. Uh, we have received several audition. Uh, files. We have not listened to them yet. We will soon. It's just been busy. We have Alien Day coming up. We've done some interviews. We've done this is a, a third recording we've done in less than a week. Um, mm-hmm. So we've just got a lot going on. But once things settle down, uh, we're going to get to listening. But really, what we need is uh, some feet women to audition for the part of Anne. Mm-hmm. Anne is uh, the 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 second lead. I want to keep Anne a female. I believe in carrying on the 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 mantle of a strong female character um and so yeah we're looking for female you know fans of alien who feel like they can contribute who feel like not just oh hey i could do this but yes then you know that you can do this um Mm -hmm. uh, someone who is maybe who who who's you know has acted before or whatever of course this is all audio this is all volunteer no one's paid we're doing it because we love the community and it's just a story that we want to tell um so yeah so that's kind of our call, and we are. And I've decided, and I've talked over R- R- Ryan with this. Uh, I am going to get rid of the GoFundMe. Uh, I would have loved to have raised that money. It's just not happening, and that's okay. That's fine. But we're still doing it. Um, yeah. Uh, I just wanted to kind of go into it. The idea behind the GoFundMe was to be able to purchase some better equipment, or uh, that I could send around, kind of people that we mm-hmm. do cast. Um, uh, just so it all can be the same. But we're going to go guerrilla style. We are going to get this made. Hopefully within the next month we can have it cast and uh, maybe even rehearsed. Um, yeah. So that's kind of where we're at with this. Uh, I'll, I'll be d- taking down that GoFundMe page uh, before this podcast is is uh, uh, published. So that's mm-hmm. where proximity is at right now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's still going to be – I'm really looking forward to this this project being realized. And Me too. It's a, it's a great, great story among many that could be told about, you know, Hadley's Hope. And I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to, to hear these, you know, auditions and, um, yeah, kind of, you know, get this, get this project rolling. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, we really need, um, more females to kind of, um, contribute and, um, uh, yeah. So I know we have a very male dominated, um, we do. Of fan base, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, if, even if, uh, if someone listening who is a male knows someone that doesn't follow our page that uh, knows a female that does voice acting that would be interested in doing this, yeah, let them, let them know. I mean, the more the merrier, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we, we want more than, like, you know, we want to be able to choose the best performance or the best person for the role, so we right. like to have, you know, at least three or four people uh, apply. Right. If, if push comes to shove, I'll cast the lead, the female lead as a male, and there'll be two, two brothers. But I right. feel like it's just not keeping in the alien, you know, the alien spirit to have both leads be men. But at the same time, uh, I'll let the story tell itself in some ways. Yeah. Uh, and just, 
so people who know what proximity is, proximity is uh, an original audio drama that I wrote, but that Perfect Organism podcast is producing, um, and uh, it follows the story of the two siblings who are kind of who are in Hadley's Hope during the outbreak and infestation of uh, of the colony, and mm -hmm. uh, they're in solitary confinement for a bit, uh, just to on lockdown. And then they have to decide what they're going to do, if they're going to run, if they're going to, what they're going to do. Um, so that's kind of the gist of the story. So yeah. it's a story we want to tell. It's going to be about an hour in length. Um, I think it's going to be great. I just, I already envision like the, the soundtrack and the, and the sound and the, uh, you know, just the, the effects and the, the doors and all that stuff. And mm -hmm. I'm really, really excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, do you yes. have you already have those sound effects? I, uh, guess? I have some, but uh, okay. you know, I, I would also like to get people involved too who said, "Oh, hey, I would love to help you guys with the sound effects." Yeah. This is what I mm -hmm. have. This is what I can bring. And I've had a couple of people here and there. What I'll probably do is make another post, an update post for proximity uh, on our page, just saying, "Hey, this yeah. is what's going on. This is who we're looking for." I think you know we have enough men auditioning for roles. We'll probably choose. Um, yeah. Who they who that people will be and that choice will come from me and Ryan and our mm -hmm. our roundtable guys are going to help us out but Ryan and I will probably make those final decisions yeah um but uh, yeah so I think that's that um there are there's of course again it's Alien Day so we're there's a lot of stuff that we want to talk about yeah. um but uh, what what else. What was that one thing that we wanted to talk about, Ryan, that we were like, oh, oh, uh, the de-aging of Scott. Ripley. Hmm? Oh, that interview with Ridley Scott, you mean? Uh, yeah, and talking about de-aging Ripley. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, for those listening, there was a recent uh, interview with Ridley Scott, and someone, um, someone asked him about... Uh, I think it was more, I'll have to pull it up, I think it's more along the lines like, okay, so if if you do bring back Sigourney Weaver, I you could, is there a possibility or you could de-age her um, or use the digitally, digital de-aging technology to, um, you know, make her look younger, kind of like what they did with, uh, well, it's actually happened a few times. I think even, um, I think Rogue One did it a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, um, with uh, Princess Leia, they did in Captain America: Civil War with um, you know Robert Downey Jr. Yes, which was uh, Iron flawless. Man oh yeah, that was the best one I've seen so far. Um, also with Michael Douglas and Ant Man, so they've they've done it quite a few times, and it's getting better and better. Um, so um, yeah, so someone asked him um, about that, and really Scott said. Um, Let's see. I'll just read it right here. Um, so it says, Scott will, it seems, be holding back some of his gruesome notions for future installments. He's planning at least two more films before linking up with the original Alien. says, right now, you've got a 10-page synopsis. He reveals John Logan's doing it, and we know where we're going with it. Uh, it says he is not ruling out the idea of using a digitally de-aged Sigourney Weaver to bring back Ripley. Um, and he says, you could do that. He allows, um, and then uh, I think it says, and Logan promises different mutations of the alien to come. So it's it's really brief. Just uh, he just kind of threw it out there that you could do that, um, but it definitely woke. I mean, it brought up a lot of speculation for me um, that you know this, uh, especially at first, you know, oh, was he referring to 
bring her back for one of the prequels, uh, prequel series, or is this another um, sly reference to possibly um, Bloomcamp's film um, and Ripley being, you know, de-aged, maybe not for the whole movie, but for sequences or parts of it. Uh-huh. Um, that they could they could utilize that technology um, to uh, yeah to bring her back kind of in a, in a younger form, but um, but yeah I mean I think the technology is getting there for for them to do that and um, I don't know if I would want to see it for an entire film but, uh, but yeah I, mean, I, think, I don't know if I want to either right yeah um, but uh, but yeah so I don't know what did you think of it. Um, oh, pardon me. Um, well, uh, I was shocked when I read it. Um, shocked and taken aback a little bit just because I felt like, well, why would you de-age Ripley, first of all? What was she... And the only thing, first of all, that I could think of is that story that Tim Levin told, uh, Out of the Shadows, where she's younger and they wake her up in cryo and she has a, an adventure with an alien, with the mm -hmm. aliens. And I, uh, I, I, I... That's great for the book. I don't think mm -hmm. it would work for a film. Um, right. So, but that's the only idea that I could see. Like, I, I, I am a believer, as much as I love, love, love Ripley, we need to let her go. And we've talked yeah. about this before. She needs to, we need to let her go. So, I'm a little dubious about that, but I'm also mm -hmm. like, well, why did they bring her up in conversation? Why did they right. bring her up? So, my only thing that I could think of was they had Blomkamp on the brain. So why right. would they say, oh, they're not ruling out the possibility of using a D.H. Ripley? Well, why would they not Why would they not rule that possibility out? Right, That's yeah, exactly. That's my question. First and foremost, why? So mm -hmm. obviously they think Ripley is viable. Why do they think Ripley is viable? Because they're about to use her again in Blomkamp's Alien. That's yeah. what I think. Um, and they're about to make a reference to her or some kind of link to her in Covenant as well. Yes, um, yes. So I mean, yeah, there, there's Fox and and Ridley, and no one's ever denied, no one's ever flat out said, you know, this Bloom Camp film is not going to happen. Yeah. So just Bloom stop. Bloom Camp hasn't even you know? denied it. Right. Yeah. No one's. Yeah. And they're just constant. They're leaving it out. They're leaving little, you know, hints and little sly remarks here and there. It's just. Uh, it's been pretty. And it's been pretty consistent, um, you know, that uh, it's been happening. But it's just, uh, but yeah, I mean, they they they're keeping it out there for a reason. They're they're mentioning it. They're they're leaving those those hints out there. It's not it's not just by accident. I don't think. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and we yeah. talked about this before too. You know, I think everybody knows now that we really really believe that Alien Awakening is Camp's mm -hmm. Alien film. Um, right. It's the mm -hmm. only thing that really makes sense. And it, it even makes more sense now with this latest quote from Ridley Scott saying, well, we could use a D. Ripley's continuing to be a part of this conversation. Um, right. Mm -hmm. And if we've had no concrete evidence that she's gone or that they're not using Blumkamp's story. Now, maybe they they took Blumkamp's story and he's just going to be a writer and someone else is going to direct it. Maybe, that, maybe that's what it's going to be. And also, again, and I know I said this before a couple of times, but I have to say it again. If someone comes out and officially says Blomkamp film isn't happening, I'm good. I'm good. Right, I'm not yeah. trying to be some conspiracy theorist around um, how the Blomkamp, Blomkamp film is going to come about. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I care. I would love to see it. But if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. What I'm right. doing is 
the pieces don't add up. All right. the pieces that we've been presented with, um, with what Ridley Scott has said, with what Neil Blomkamp has said, with what Sigourney mm -hmm. Weaver has said, with what um, uh, Michael Bean has said, I would think if they really weren't doing Alien, Blomkamp's Alien, Michael Bean would be like, they're not doing it. Right, um, because no one's paying him. He doesn't. He's not. <laughs> you know, no. He's not on anyone's payroll. So if they're not going to do it, it's no sweat off his balls. You know, he can right. just say, yeah, yeah. "Oh yeah, they're not doing it." You know, no one has said that. Right. Um, and if anything, Ripley is just kind of people are swirling around her a little bit mm -hmm. um, because she's important. So I'll leave. Yeah. And um, and I agree with that. I mean, I think. Uh, you know, when he said they, they really need to let her go, I, I agree. But, uh, you know, I definitely want to, I would love to see Bloomkamp's film. And I would hope that would be the one where they, that's when they fully let her go. And that's it, you know, and then they yep. move on with the series with, you know, new characters, things like that. Because um, I know, I mean, like, you know, I both really like, really love Alien 3. And uh, it was a good I thought it was a good end to the character, but I would still love to see Bloomkamp's vision. Um, and I know, you know, Sigourney Weaver, um, even James Cameron have read the script. They really, they like it. They're, they're really excited and on board with it. Um, you know, I have, um, you know, all the, you know, faith in the world that, you know, it'll be, you know, a great, a great film. Um, and I think there was even a recent, um, recent bit of news that they Ridley Scott mentioned or Fox mentioned that they brought on Tom Stopper. Um, yeah, who's a, I think, a writer. Yeah, I think that's what Tom Stopper. I need to relook that up again because it might have been John Logan, and I read it as Tom oh, Stopper. Okay. Um, I see. Yeah, but I thought it was something. Yeah, they brought someone on board. Yeah, maybe it was Logan, but I thought it was some like other writer for like this next Alien project. Um, I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe he's being brought in to kind of rewrite this this script that they have for it. I don't know, or or write a new script. I have no idea. But uh, but to me, it sounded like, and you know, there's all this evidence to pointing that you know, there's there, you know, with really Scott moving on to making a war film next. Um, yes. You know this net, but they're going to start this alien production. You know, pretty much you know, soon after Covenant comes out. So someone else is directing this next alien film. Um, and, you know, like you pointed out, the it's going to be called Awakenings, and that's that is not the a title that you would, you know, uh, expect for a, a really Scott, you know, one of the alien prequels. Yeah. So yeah. Um, there's just a lot, of, a lot of hints and things that point to it being Bloom Camp's film. Um yeah. So. And I hope um, Alien Day, which is uh, next Wednesday, I think. Mm -hmm. is, it, is it a week from today? That's it, right. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah. So today it's funny. A week from today is Alien Day. Uh, even though we're supposed to be recording on Alien Day, whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and yeah. but also it's the nineteenth today. So four weeks from today is ish uh, is the premiere of uh, Alien Covenant, and at this this time. You know, four weeks from now, Ryan and I will probably have seen the film. Although, we'll be there on a Friday, I think, a Friday night. And then we'll yeah. see it Saturday. Um, I am going to the Fox lot. I told people this last time. Uh, for Alien Day, I've been invited. Uh, RSVP, which is great. It's like an hour and a half, whatever, is happening. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be exciting. They could really announce 
they might announce um, uh, whatever Awakenings is. I mean, I really actually I've been thinking about it, and they've announced the Han Solo movie, um, despite mm-hmm. Last Jedi going on. So I think they could really, really announce this, um, right? And have it be totally fine. And they're going to announce it, but they're not going to really start that, you know, that promotion wheel until way into the film is uh, in in production. Um, right. Yeah. But if that's true, if they do, here's my here's my I I will if they announce this film and it starts filming and we get the first still of Ripley in an alien film, oh yeah. my god, I'm gonna yeah. just cry. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Turn to a little baby, but anyways, that's my that's right. my fan pipe dream. <laughs> yeah, dude, I was just gonna that'd be just so awesome. I would love it. So, um, but I don't know. I don't know if they're gonna I, something like that. They might wait till you know after for a while after Covenant comes out to you know really kind of spill the beans on something like that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Um. We've also released that there've been so um, there's the Empire magazine, which we should talk about a little bit. Have you seen those images? Um, I have not yet. I don't think so. Let okay. me see. If... Well, I don't. Not that, there's a lot. A lot of them are spoilery. I did. Look, oh, okay. I just couldn't help myself. I had to. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have no willpower. Um, but I posted um, a still from of one of the aliens. Uh, the title of the piece is called Reoccurring Nightmare, um, but there's an, uh, an image of an alien, um, and it says reoccurring, and it, the reoccurring is in green, and I posted it on our page today, and it's a still from, um, it's a still from uh, Alien Covenant, mm-hmm. um, and the alien just looks absolutely wicked. Um, mm-hmm. It just looks terrifying. I can't stop looking at it at the same time, though. I mean, it, I think yeah. it's a practical effect. I'm pretty sure that there's a guy in a suit, but it doesn't look like yeah. a guy in a suit. I mean, it just looks so legit and freaky. Yeah. I, mean, I, I love the design of this alien, and I know it's not quite Geiger's um, aesthetic yet. It hasn't reached that, that design. Yeah. I think it's on the way to that design. Um, but I've never seen a creature look so good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um and it's a uh, fairly well-endowed alien, it looks like. You know, it's a very, <laughs> very large head. But, um, yeah, no, it's uh, – yeah, I'm looking at it right now. No, it looks it looks amazing. Um, and uh, they really, they really, I think, nailed the design for this film. Um, and, it, you know, and like you said, it might even just be like an early iteration of a Xeno. Um, maybe not exactly the same one we've seen, although there's been other images of – looks like the classic Xeno. So, Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm stoked on this. Um, you know, what they're, what they're doing, you know, how they're they're designing it and how they're executing it. I think it's going to be, um, just a plus on that, on that part. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I I just, uh, I mean, I've just been kind of eating and sleeping alien covenant lately. And, uh, I mean, we're, yeah. we're so close to it. I mean, thank God. I mean, before it, we'd have to wait till August, you know? Right. Um, yeah. So I we know. would have some months more just to be like, when are they going to release that trailer? <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's really, really good stuff. And the, the entire fan base, everyone seems really amped and excited about it. Generally. Yeah. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I've, I've noticed a lot of people just very, um, just thrilled for it. And, uh, not not a lot of negativity. Um, 
thankfully. But, you know, obviously people cautiously optimistic, um, which is very understandable, um, you know, given that it's been, you know, about three decades since, you know, really legitimate, you know, great alien film has been released. Um, and, uh, you know, with a few, you know, some couple really polarizing, but uh, polarizing alien films in between, some loved and some really hated, but uh, but I think um, yeah, I just think that the fandom is craving for a great film, and I think from what we've seen so far, we um, you know uh, I don't know I've been very pleasantly um, pleasantly surprised by everything that I've watched and seen, and you know I'm I'm really I'm really um, fully on board with this film. I think it's going to be great. So, and I, I think uh, a lot of people, you know, share that sentiment. So, yeah. Yeah. And even, uh, Bill, uh, Robbie, William Robbie from, uh, the Wayland Utani Bulletin, uh, mm -hmm. he's, he's on board. He's like, Hey, I'm, he said, I'm officially excited about this film. Yeah. Um, which I love to hear because, you know, like we've talked about before, we've discussed before, uh, there's a lot of caution and trepidation and, uh, you know, the fandom is a little bit weary and they're a little bit like touchy about is this going to be good we don't want another bad film or or another so-so film um so this is it's good hearing hearing from all these people and i know a lot of people too who haven't seen the trailers are trying to stay away god bless them i wish i could yeah. um but i can't i can't i mean as a podcast yeah. i just we have to you know we need stuff to talk about and there's plenty of stuff mm -hmm. to talk about yeah um but there also have been um some uh, TV spots, a lot of TV spots that have been mm -hmm. released. A lot of them are character driven, like with Daniels, with um, I want to call him Ephraim, but that's not his Orem. That's uh, Billy Crudup's character's name, Orem. Yeah, um, Tennessee, mm -hmm. which is um, Danny McBride's character. Each of them have yeah. their own little thirty second, maybe uh, TV spot, just kind of getting into the character a little bit more, which has been great. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a little um, looks like. You know, they're basically sending uh, sending the video home. I guess it was probably right before they go in the cryo sleep or something. You know, sending sending a message home. Hey, you know, this is whatever character we're you know excited about. You know, we're about to go into hyper sleep and on our way to you know starting this new life. And you know, yeah, this is a cool little. Yeah, it's like they just uh, let the actors kind of film it on their own, yeah. and kind of do their own thing with it. Um, but yeah, it was just a cool touch. Um, very cool, very cool. So, and uh, it kind of reminded me, um, you know, I think they did something similar. I you know Christopher Nolan, um, when he did uh, the, the Dark Knight, um, not Rises, but the second one with Heath Ledger as the okay. Joker. And there's a, a scene there where, um, you know, where the Joker is, has this guy who is pretending to be the Batman. Um, and... And he's uh, the Joker's filming this um, almost like on a you know like a cell phone or something like that, um, and that was actually Christopher Nolan just said, "Hey Heath, you know you you're filming this on your own, and whatever you do, we're going to use it in the film." And uh, I kind of feel like maybe they did that a little bit with maybe Ridley Scott just said, "Hey you guys, um, you know we're going to do these different clips. I'm just going to let you take over, and you know." show off your, you know, your character a little bit more and, uh, yeah, give you some more artistic freedom to do it. And yeah, we'll use that in the, you know, may, or at least in the marketing of the film. Um, and I think that's cool. I think, I think actors really appreciate that, you know, and when, when directors and studios kind of give them that freedom 
rather than having you know a director who's really trying to control how they how they approach a character. Totally. Like so yeah, um, and you can so, feel that they're trying to uh, show us that hey, this is about characters. These are about people. Mm -hmm. This is a this is a story about people. Yes, there's a larger story here, but really, I really feel like Fox is hammering home um, that this is about character. Um, mm -hmm. This is number one. Um, about the character and who these people are and what they're doing and where they're going. And, you right. know, unfortunately they run into some problems on the way. But, a little uh, bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just a slight problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, um, I, I, and I also think it's great that, you know, this, the, you know, I think last year was the first official Alien Day. Um, and Fox released their first still... Well, I was a patch on a on a costume uh, oh, yeah. for Alien mm -hmm. Covenant, and of course, here we are a year later. And uh, really, Fox, I have to commend them, and I've been critical of them in the past, mm -hmm. um, just because of the handling of the Alien films and um, the handling of Prometheus and the writing of Prometheus. But really, mm -hmm. Fox has done right. Um, they have really invested in fandom. They have really reached out to fandom. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like they're world building with us, you know. Yeah. Um, building better worlds. Yeah. yeah totally. <laughs> building building better worlds with fans. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Getting us involved, asking our opinions, uh, inviting us places to see and hear things. I mean, uh, yeah. I, I just I can't go on enough about them, and, and of course I'm also very uh, humbled and indebted to them that I can, yeah. uh, you know, they're they're taking me along to to go yeah. to you know their headquarters. I mean, I I couldn't ask for more. Yeah. I mean, it's in some ways, that's a dream come true to me. Um, it's yeah. it, it legitimizes what we do, and mm -hmm. it legitimizes the fan base too. Though you know, it just it yeah. makes us know, it lets us know that they're listening to us. Right. Um, yeah. And it's yeah. it's a little bit of a two way street. I think we need to listen to them, and they need mm -hmm. to listen to us. But I think really, ultimately, they want to get give us a good film, and they yeah. know that good word of mouth from us is going to spread. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, if anyone from Fox is listening, you know, I just want to say thank, thank you so much for inviting uh, Jamie over for the Alien Day. I think that's just, I think it's going to be awesome. And I think you're, um, wow, what a thrill. I just yeah. think that's, that's a real honor and uh, very appreciative of, of them reaching out and them listening, like you said, listening to the fans. And, uh, yeah, and um, hopefully we were, you know, we're listening to them as well and, uh, just kind of this mutual support. I think that's. Uh, I think that's a great thing. That's yeah. only gonna, you know, um, you know, just uh, encourage, you know, more cohesion and more, um, you know, just between the fan community and and Fox and you know, I, I think it's just it's gonna go a long ways to uh, building that. And um, yeah, so. Yeah, it's a great thing. I'm really, I'm really excited of uh, of the direction they've gone since uh, Prometheus came out. Yeah, so. me too, me too. Mm -hmm. And I, again, I think that they've they've seen and they've seen Marvel, they've seen Lucasfilm, um, and the way they interact with fans. And uh, mm -hmm. I think that Fox has just taken the step back um, after Prometheus, and they've retooled and they've rethought and they realized, you know, what's important. Um, and you know, fans aren't always right. We're not always right. I, right. Um, but uh, but there's a fine line, and I think that you have to kind of walk that fine balance of hey, let's really make sure we're listening, and we want to give them a film that they love, um, but also let's make a good film, you know? Right. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, my hope one day is that they have some type of convention um, that's yeah. pu purely alien, 
Um, and I don't know if the fan base is that big yet, because um, mm-hmm. there's there are Comic Cons and there's a, certainly an alien presence in Comic Con. But I would love a f- the first alien convention maybe in LA or wherever you know um just to really say hey no I mean Star Trek has it all you know all these other even smaller shows that were only on for one season they have conventions I think that we're due you know um Mm -hmm. uh, I think it would be fun it'd be a good goal to reach yeah and they had it last year actually I'm so I'm still upset I didn't go to it but they had an alien con up here in the Santa Clara that's right that's right uh and uh, Car- Carrie Han was there, and there's a few other alien actors there. And it wasn't just exclusively about the alien series, but, you know, it involved, like, I think people from, like, you know, the ancient alien show on, on the History oh, Channel, oh, things yeah. like that were there. Um, but uh, but they did definitely have a presence of, uh, you know, people from the alien films there. And um, I so, I uh, mean, I really want to see Carrie Han, too. Um, but... Uh, just didn't make it, so hopefully, I don't know if it's going to be a yearly thing, I hope so, but I definitely want to try and make it again. Yeah, I would or love try to make it, go something you know, like this that. Year. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I would love that big big convention, and um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know if it's alien, if the fan base is as big as, I mean, Star Wars, they could do it almost anywhere, um, and yeah, get, a, yeah. get a huge turnout, but uh yeah, Alien, maybe not quite yet, but uh, yeah, maybe someday. I don't know. Yeah, I, or if they do an Alien convention, it would have to be once every two or three years to give right. people some time to, you know, the people that really, I mean, it would, uh, it would probably have to be maybe one day or two days at the most. Right, um, yeah. And it wouldn't be as huge as Comic-Con or Star Wars Celebration, but, you know, you bring all the stars in so that, you know, that right there is going to draw people to it. Uh, but yeah. There's a lot to kind of think about and uh, gestate. Yeah, nice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that was lame. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, but I, I think that uh, we've had a really great show, and uh, yeah. we hope people are enjoying Alien Day. And I know that the, there's screenings all over the country uh, of Alien and Prometheus, and then like a 13 minute sneak peek of of uh, Covenant. I'm not sure I'm going to go. We'll see. I don't know if I want to sit through Prometheus in the theater again. To be <laughs> Uh, but I've never seen Alien on the big screen, and I might go to see Alien. So we'll see. It depends on my work schedule the next day. But uh, we hope everyone's enjoying that. Yeah, absolutely. And I just, uh, yeah, thanks. Uh, thank you, everyone, for your, you know, for listening, for your support, um, for being just big, you know, a huge fan of not only Perfect Organism, but. Uh, you know, just the Alien series in general, and uh, you know, a lot of a lot of great things in store for the future. But uh, you know, we're just just really excited about where the Alien series is headed, and you know, where we're where we're going as a as a podcast, and um, you know, just the yeah, I'm just uh, I, I couldn't be more excited about um, the future for this franchise and where Fox is, um, the direction they're headed. You know, just a lot of. A lot of things to be optimistic about and uh, and thrilled about. So yeah, um, yeah. So thank you guys again. Yep. Thank you guys for listening.